Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. Well, hello, here we are again. I'm Joe Walensky with an episode where I have the opportunity to speak with an accessibility practitioner. And today I'm pleased to be speaking with Miriam Nebinger. Hello, Miriam, how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well, how do you do? Good, well, it's early for me in my day on Vashon Island, which is near Blink's Seattle headquarters. Uh, where are you talking to us from? I'm based in Vienna, Austria, so a bit like later in the day today. Yeah, all right. Well, it's a lovely city. I've been there and had a good time, uh, I think, on two visits uh, to Vienna. So hopefully you get back again sometime. Oh, it'd be lovely. Well, uh, it's good to have you uh, here on the program. We do like to meet people from all around the world, and so it's good to uh, be able to visit with an accessibility practitioner from Vienna. So uh, probably the best place to start is if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Sure. So right now, um, I've been a freelancer for the last two years. Um, I mainly worked in uh, UX design, uh, but also on the side as an accessibility specialist as, and as consultant for companies. And right now I'm trying to make a full-time business out of this. And um, my mission is actually to empower companies, but also actually the designers, developers, product managers, testers to, on how to implement and create more accessible products. And I want to teach them this. So um, right now I'm just building uh, the community. I'm trying to get in touch with a lot of people, um, learn a lot of new things. I've did it for a few companies already. And um, it's just something that I really enjoy. I want to teach people what I love and what creates the passion in me. And this is one of the things. Well, I'm, I'm going to want to ask you a little bit more about your uh, current accessibility work. Uh, but one thing that would be interesting to know if you have some information is what um, accessibility uh, is like for business in your part of the world. Are there any things that are specific or unique to uh, Austria or that area of Europe that uh, that you feel might be different in, in culture or uh, requirements from uh, other parts of the world that you've noticed? Mm, I think um, Austria is a country in terms of like accessibility and also like LGBT, for example, we're a bit behind sometimes um, because I know that we care we do have many um, accessible public spaces and also um, digital spaces but it's just on the personally I think it's on the lower end of the spectrum like it's not actively communicated and there's not a, any awareness in any other business than public which is I think is a shame I know it's it's similar in other countries as well that it's just not as a broad of a topic except if it's in public um but i wish it would be more active here 
because the awareness is not there, to be honest. They just know the need to do it for public and for governmental things, but anything else is just kind of guessing. And I wish you would do more for that. Well, it sounds like uh, it'll both be more opportunities for you to do that work, <laughs> but also a lot of hard work to uh, help make people more aware. Yeah, like creating the first step of awareness is, I think, the hardest step for me now. Yeah, well, you know, I I go still go through that all the time. So one of the things I do is work with our our clients to uh, help them understand the importance of investing in accessibility, and it's still. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, you know, a, a lot of education uh, to, you know, get to make that part of the budget and make people uh, understand that th there's a good business case for it in, in addition to other factors. Very well, nice. I, I do I do want to uh, know a little bit about how you found your way to accessibility. Uh, we try to uh, make this program a model for others to see how they can fit into this profession. So where did it start for you where you first uh, became aware of accessibility and then decided that was where you wanted to do your work? It's actually uh, like it was more like I fell into it more or less like it was an accident <laughs> or like coincidence actually because I've um I've worked at IBM for four and a half years like close to five actually and during my time as a designer there we had an introduction to accessibility training from one of their teams um they flew in someone from Washington DC and they they gave us like an introduction to accessibility and back then it was like I haven't seen it before and it was so interesting to me. First, I was very impressed and it opened my eyes to a lot of things because um, I later noticed that there are so many overlaps between usability and accessibility. And right now I'm strongly believe that accessibility is at the core of usability. It won't work otherwise. And so I had this class, uh, learned a lot from it. And a year after they asked me if I would um, be willing or interested in creating an internal learning for our cross-functional team. And um, I did that. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever done <laughs> because it was for me so exciting. And um, I just loved sharing this importantness with other people and teaching them how to do it. And then I figured, okay, this is actually what I want to do. And in the years following, I tried to implement a lot of these things into my daily um, product cycle and the product design cycle I do. And um, now I really want to get the word out and teach other people who might not be that aware of it yet, especially like, for example, developers, they don't learn it in school. Um, and I wish someone would be there to actually tell them, how do you do it? So that it's like a long-term investment for them. Well, uh, so it sounds like uh, you. It it was uh, nice that uh, you were able to be at at IBM where you had that initial uh, uh, person come in to talk about that. But then after that, there's a lot involved uh, in in learning about accessibility and and finding out how to to do all the various things that are involved. So how did how did that work out? Um, did you lean on resources within IBM uh, to be able to, to build it up in your projects or how did you uh, build up your own career now or your own knowledge about it? 
Well, um, what I did primarily at the beginning, I studied the ABM accessibility checklist a lot because I do believe that they have great resources there and gave me everything I needed to get started and have like actual examples I could actually use to tell other people like, hey, this is how it works. And um, I studied the guidelines a lot, um, also did the Google course and um, just, it was a lot of learning by doing. And I tried to teach myself, okay, um, how do I use the screen reader? Um, how do I actually test and what are the possibilities? So there was a lot of research on my part involved and it was a lot of learning by doing. <laughs> and then also um, asking other people as, as well as like people who actually work in the sector as well as um, disabled people and ask them about their experiences, if there's something I can learn. And even now I'm like, I learn something new every day because it's just something I'm not used to. And then after that, had you was that when you began your own work? Yes. Right, right from that position. Yes. After well, uh, well, uh, I mean that's uh, I I started working my for myself uh, early on in in my career, and I remember it was a lot of work, and it was kind of scary to be doing that. I know it, it's it, it's more uh, common today for people early in their career to you just decide to do their own thing. But how has that adjustment been going from, you know, a very large, uh, prominent organization with a regular paycheck to uh, uh, doing this type of work where it's really up to you to uh, uh, find your own way? It was a journey <laughs> because I, I quit my job the beginning of the pandemic, more or less. And I was like, OK, um, I guess this is how I do it. <laughs> It was a big change, um, but I had the big up. Um, I'm very grateful that I had a lot of um, knowledge and awareness from the, my time at IBM. But I was also very grateful of discovering so many new things about myself and also about um, how I actually want to work and um, where I want to put my focus on next. Um, it was a big change, <laughs> and it's still something that I need to get used to. Um, but it, it's like, I think it built my character, <laughs> but it was not that easy, um, but I wouldn't miss it now. And so, uh, you know, with the projects that you've worked on uh, on your own, um, what what is, uh, you know, like a typical uh, project like or what's a typical uh, week in your work life uh, for uh, for that this really work. depends on how many uh, different clients I have, like how many different areas um, I work with. Um, the latest one was like um, a Swedish startup. Um, they came to me because they said they wanted to um, improve the accessibility of their design system and also about the website because they had like a new rebranding, but they're not happy with the rebranding. Um, so um, we took the time to actually sit down like, hey, okay, what's actually the problem? And where do you want my help? And it was, I made an audit for them in terms of like, what's the current accessibility of their product? Um, then they came to me like, hey, can you actually also teach us the basics and also like what we can do? So there was also like a learning involved for them, for their whole design team in this case, and also for the developers here. Um, I gave like an introduction to accessibility and also to certain custom role segments. 
and um, I gave them a list of any of resources, recommendations. And in the few months afterwards, we went through the implementation together and we discussed, um, I was always there if they needed any questions. So I gave them like a roadmap on how they can improve and what they should take care of. And um, I helped them in achieving this. And uh, from what you've uh, learned from your practice uh, so far, what are the areas that you've found to be the most challenging to uh, be able to help your clients? Um, I think it, probably culture, um, because it's it's they know if they have a checklist what to do, but um, personally, it's more like a mindset change and um, having the right culture in the company. Um, that's beginning, that's both accessibility and inclusion. And I had a hard time discussing that with them and them getting to accept it actually, because they already have their culture and now they need to change it. So that was a bit tricky. And I still believe that's a tricky part because mindset change doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> Well, uh, um, in, the, in the time that you've been involved in accessibility, uh, um, do you see any uh, uh, patterns of things that, you know, you're looking forward to in the future? Do you see uh, certain areas that need more work from the accessibility profession uh, than others? Or um, are there certain things that you're excited to be working on in the future that you're just starting to get involved with? Mm -hmm. Personally, I think that the area of e-commerce is a bit lacking when it comes to accessibility because there are, um, that's the area where I think we can do way more um, and not just like in public space, but like any e-commerce sector um, because there's just not a lot of um, it's mostly prefix templates, but there's like issues in templates already. So there would be change needed there. And I'm looking forward to getting into the current movement where accessibility is uh, with the change of the European directive. There's like a new movement right now with uh, people being even more aware of the necessity. And I'm kind of happy about joining this movement and being there to support other companies here. Uh, and uh, and so as you do that, are there uh, are there other uh, groups or communities in your area that that it's possible to get involved with, or are 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 you uh, going to be going to to uh, conferences and things now that the pandemic is over? Yes, I would love to, and I already signed up for you. Um, right now, I'm networking in Vienna here. Um, that's both with um, creatives, but also developers. So I'm joining the network here and see what can be done or if there's anything I can do to help. And I hope I can join more conferences soon. So hopefully in person. Um, but the mo the best accessibility conferences are normally abroad. <laughs> so I might have to travel for that. Well, I, um, I went to uh, my first conference since the pandemic started with CSUN back in, in March. And it was fun to... Uh, be out among people again so maybe uh maybe we'll meet up at a future event uh but uh, i appreciate you taking the time to 
chat with me today. It was really interesting to hear how you've uh, started out on your own uh, uh, individual uh, business exploration of accessibility. And so, uh, you know, good luck with everything that you're working on. Thank you very much. It was so nice to be with you here. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best in class design, we can move existing designs to development in a sprint. And maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.